tomorrow is the big day. The culmination of election seasons here. Governor's races, House races, Senate races, all of it. And guess what? Either way, the democracy burns down. This is the death of democracy? Apparently. On election day? Democracy's on the ballot tomorrow as you go to vote. In a republic. We'll talk about it all today on the podcast. Welcome in to the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Justin Hall, Dave Wilson with you here. Best show of the year, calling it now. Why? Because it's nerd time. <laughs> if you are ready for election season, like we are, my word, the, like the notes, the things that are that are all over our screens, looking at polling information, this is like Nerdfest 2022. Love it. And you get to be a part of that because we're going to go through some really exciting. I think I think it's this is probably encouraging is news. Is this the most consequential election of our lifetime? It's always the most Dave. consequential election of our lifetime. Everything we have, every time we have an election, it's the most but, consequential. But your life could depend on it. Anyway, according, wait, wait. According no, to whom? No, it, it, your life never depends on it. No, it's just your livelihood depends on it. There's a difference. <laughs> There's a huge difference. Um, but we we do have an election uh, that has been. Ha- you you might have already voted. You might have already voted. Congratulations. I voted early on. I voted. Early. That was a nice experience. I'm an old school kind of guy. I'm an old soul. Let me stand in line, but don't give me a bottle of water. <laughs> and um, let me vote in person. But again, I live in a small rural town where I can, on election day, if I wait in line for 10 minutes, we're busy. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go in the morning and, I went, and I went hang with, out. I went to lunch with my son last week. The polling place was three blocks from Zesto. If you... Zesto, West Columbia, under the giant cone. There you go. City. So it was like, Free hey, plug, Pete. They, they, there you go. So when you are that close yeah. and you've just, you know, you've just had chicken, you go... You need to, you need to stand for a You need bit. to stand for a few minutes. Yeah. But it was an easy process, and and the thing about it, folks, is it's there are a few items, and we'll talk about a few of the items. Some people have texted us and asked us about the mm-hmm. constitutional questions. We'll yes. cover a little bit of that today, because you need to be prepared when you walk through the door to know exactly what it is that's going to be on the ballot. If you yep. haven't found that yet, you still have time if you haven't voted. Yeah, scvotes.gov, where you can go to find your sample ballot. Take a look at that. Know what you're going to be seeing on the little screen when you walk into the voting booth. Or in my case, the area where the voting machine is, uh, with a little divider. <laughs> a little divider. With a little divider, it's not on a booth a, anymore. Is it a card? Was it a card table? Uh, so, no, it's it's set up on something fancy. Anyway, not the point. The point is, tomorrow is election day. Or if you're listening to this on election day, congratulations, you made it. It's election day. You still have till seven o'clock. You do you seven p.m. Eastern. Eastern daylight time. No, we're in standard. We're in time. standard time. Sorry. We did Eastern. fall back. That did you me. get some rest this weekend? It's not like you had a long I got, Saturday. I got, home, <laughs> I got home at one a.m. The time changed at two. Um, so yeah, great and and uh, good good weekend. <laughs> good weekend on a couple different levels. Ah, go Notice where go Uh Thirty six governor seats, thirty four Senate seats, and all four hundred and thirty five House seats are up for election. But let's start in South Carolina. We have the governor's race. Okay, every constitutional office is up for election. Every SC House seat is up for election. School boards, and then there there are constitutional uh, questions for South Carolina voters right. statewide. There are also county, 
referendums as There's well. All, the, the seven congressional races in, in the U.S. Yes. House, as yes. well as Tim Scott's race against... Have we heard Chris, of Crystal Matthews? Crystal. Has, she, has she been anywhere? Last time I saw her, it was at a press conference over here in, uh, in front of the state capitol, there and there like, were two other people there. They were, and they staff. were both reporters. Uh, I thought there was just staff. No people. Okay. No people. Just reporters. Reporters don't count. Tim, welcome to six more years. Tim, Tim Scott should be fine. Um, don't see that as a dim pickup <laughs> on election night. But the governor's race is the race that's drawing a lot of the attention outside of the superintendent race, which I believe is starting to cool off a little bit because I think we're going to see just the brass numbers come I through on we, that I one. think we saw, okay, so on the race for superintendent of education, let's not jump too, too far down the ticket yet, but I think Ellen Weaver took a significant leap forward after the debate that she had with Lisa Ellis because it was a clear distinction. If you haven't heard our rundown on that, we did talk last about week. that on a previous podcast last week. You can always go back and listen to that, share it with other folks. I think Ellen Weaver took a significant step forward and and really put gas, put the put the pedal to the metal, use the gas that's in the tank, so to speak, to really start getting a firm lead yeah. on Lisa Ellis. It helps to have the current superintendent of education uh, backing you. It helps to have the former governor. It helps to have Nancy Mace in the first. Again, not because people go, oh, well, Nancy Mace supports her, so I'm going to vote for her. Not the case. What it really does is it says for voters who are going to vote for Nancy Mace, you see that Nancy Mace is backing this candidate, you'll down ballot. It, right. just, it just flows down. Well, in that case, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't know how your ballot looked. I don't know if you can talk about it, but is the congressional race... No, you do all your state your races. State race you your, right. Okay, so you would get to that name first. Right. The point is that we go back to the governor's race because I've seen multiple ads from Joe Cunningham just this weekend while really? I was watching football. Yeah, imagine my discomfort. Uh, wait, I'm in were, the middle of Joe, watching wait, Florida and Joe, AM. Joe put out new ads? Yeah. Did, Did you, I, I didn't see one of them Well, Well, weekend. you weren't watching Florida and Texas A&M. But in no, the middle of that game... I was game, actually watching like games from South Carolina. In the, yes, in the middle, In the middle of that game... There were ads for Joe Cunningham. Actually, again, I'm just saying it. Like, very well done. I mean, lying, but well done. Um, here's my question for you, Dave. I haven't yeah. seen as many Henry McMaster ads, and so I have to ask the question. And the ones I've seen have been decent. Um, I've got to ask the question. Is Henry just relying on the incumbency at this point? Now, he did have basically what I'm calling his whistle-stop tour throughout the state this past right. week, and voters were turning out. Shocking. Uh, Governor McMaster, none of his events were at a brewery. <laughs> One, he has been to several restaurants. He was at the Beacon on Sunday. That Now. I'm just that's saying. That's an event I'd like to have been at. I love just, the Beacon. But, mm, Okay, yeah. now i got to get back, get back, get back. Um, but the governor... So governor, the governor so is he the, relying on incumbency? I, I think he's relying upon the fact that the numbers are proving themselves out that he's got a significant lead. Okay. I think if you look at the state of where things are in South Carolina, I think if you take a look at a snapshot of where things are in the nation, I think people recognize Washington's out of control. South Carolina, we've got things that are running and operating, and they're doing fairly well. Why in the world would you want to switch horses to somebody who is like people in Washington, D.C.? And I think that is the sentiment among a lot of folks. I think to your question of incumbency, yes, I actually think there's a, a bit of a reliance in, on incumbency. But it's also, hey, listen, look at what's gone on for the last six years. We're asking for four more to round this out. And I think in a very strong Republican state like South Carolina, I don't really see the numbers 
like swaying. You're going to have a much better likelihood of having that seat switch blue in 26, I think, than you will in 22. And and I and, I, and again, that's relative. Right. That's relative. I don't know who they run in 26. That's a long way away. But yeah, I mean, a uh, lot can happen in four years. I mean, you take a look at where. So Henry McMaster had his first full run for governor four years ago. Eighteen. Yep. In eighteen, that, that came right off of the heels of of his endorsement. He was the first elected official to endorse Donald Trump. He's that, coming off of two years of filling in of filling, filling in, the shoes for Nikki Haley, who had gone to be ambassador. Right. So, if you look at the runway that he's he's taking off from, he's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot of people know who he is. And he knows people, where he is. Some people would tell you that's not good. Too much experience is. Too, uh, yeah, exactly. Because Joe Cunningham still yet again in the most recent ad over the mm-hmm. weekend. Term limits, age limits. Joe, seriously, man. Also, you can't do that. I'm still sticking you, on this. People you, need to understand. People need to understand. When someone tells you who they're voting for, ask them why. Right. Because none of the things that Joe Cunningham's telling you he will do. Can he do? He can't do no. them. He has to rely on the General Assembly to do them. And in South Carolina. The governor is very much like the head of state right? more than the head of government. We're not like Florida. We're not like, we'll get to Ron in a second. I mean, he but does have he does have, he has power, he has power but, but, but at the same time, pulpit more than anything. I, I get, I, I don't understand the Cunningham strategy that says, I'm going to run telling one-third of the voting population in South Carolina, because one-third of the voters in South Carolina are over the age of 62. Right. Okay. A group of folks who are probably the most consistent voters out there, they turn out. Yeah. And telling that group of voters, hey, listen, we need to actually have age limits. I could go with term limits and I think it would work. But to say age limits on that, I'm like, dude, are you not recognizing the state that we live in? It It led to a sheriff here in Richland County who runs as a Democrat. Right. Endorsing Henry McMaster, Sheriff, Sheriff Leon, Leon Lott. Sheriff Leon Lott in Richland County. We're in Columbia, South Carolina. We're in the capital city. It's in Richland County. If Richland County Sheriff Leon Lott comes out endorsing Henry McMaster, partially because he's got a long-standing relationship with Henry McMaster, he knows who Henry McMaster is, and I think to the, to the to your question about incumbency, mm-hmm. I think people know who Henry McMaster is. We don't really know who Joe Cunningham is. No. He was a congressman, one, one term, term, two years, and he got outed by Nancy Mason 2020. Which I find very ironic that he also wants to turn around and say, you know, if we don't have a winning season, we fire our coach, and you got fired after the first round. Yeah, you got fired, what would be the equivalent of if Shane Beamer would have gotten fired this year after losing to Georgia. Right. Like, it would have made no sense. No. So, my point is... I don't. I don't see this as a competitive race. No polling data does because my gracious, the last <laughs> recent national polling. Trafalgar's last poll was in August of this race, and every poll from August to early September had Henry anywhere from plus seven to plus eleven. I don't think it's close necessarily. Now there is for me. It's just like going into a football game when I watch South Carolina. I, I feel confident heading in sometimes, very rarely lately, but sometimes. And, <laughs> I was about to say. And you, get, and you get to the but then there's always the nervous energy. There's always the ang- anxiousness. And so what, what I'm seeing here is I, I feel that starting to tick up over the last couple of hours as we move toward Election Day. But I think, I'm trying to remember last election with Henry, we found out 
Uh, gosh, I was at that victory party probably 9 o'clock or so. I think we find out before that here. Because I, I think, think James Smith ran a much better campaign against Henry he did. than Joe Cunningham did. I thought James and, Smith and was J- more electable. James Smith was more electable, had more experience, had been in the legislature for years, had it relationships. Ticket. It was a better ticket. And, and, and even in that particular race, James Smith couldn't overcome. Because here's the thing that I'm finding. They're turning to liberal, progressive, democratic, hardcore, national talking points in South Carolina. It doesn't play. It, it doesn't play. It doesn't play when you turn around and you want to talk about legalizing marijuana recreationally, when you want to talk about sports betting, when you talk about the fact that, you know... We need to have abortion on demand. When you have, that's not a South Carolina cultural stance on these issues. And it just is, is. May it be there sometime down the road, perhaps, maybe. but in 2022... Okay. Right. Hey, Joe, it's 2022. Yeah. Well, I would say that even uh, the majority of South Carolinians don't believe we should ban abortion from conception. I think the I think the vast polling average has it at around six weeks. Right. The Harvey Bill is that nice package deal for a lot of South Carolinians. And so when you run on national talking points, what I found is Democrats are all over the place when it comes to those talking points. So you got to be careful when you uh, look at the Democrat talking points right now. That's what makes it seem to me like Joe Cunningham. I don't. I could see this being a 57-43. I, I do, too. I, I think the interesting part is when the Dobbs decision came down in June, which overturned Roe versus Wade, the Democrats, I think they were like, it has happened. We have now found that one issue yep. that will carry us and that everybody else is going to turn around and ignore the economy. They're going to turn around and ignore what's going on in our schools. And just go with this because, again, it goes back to the fact that there is so much of a of a cultural, sexual religion that exists that is really a driving force behind a lot of the Democrat Party uh, party policies. And so that's what's happening in South Carolina. Expect I would I would say we can expect a an AP. That's who I follow for calling my the, races. The AP is going to the AP will call, so great. Little plug here for our friend Meg Kennard with the Associated Press. She did a phenomenal explainer. She did a series of explainers. I saw that. And, and we can put some links in the show notes so that you can follow along with that and see, because she explains how they go about doing their they how they call these races. There's a whole group of folks who sit in a in a windowed fishbowl who sit there and look at the polling numbers and they know Watch what's going on. Go and 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 they have a very good sense of where things are going to go. So when the AP calls that race, I would not be surprised. Polls close at 7. <laughs> 702, 703. Are we going are, are we going <laughs> I would say probably I would say 9 9:30 by between 9 and 9:30 you're going to see Governor McMaster and Lieutenant Governor Pam Evett come out. They're going to have their victory party. At the USC Alumni Center, you're welcome to stop by. Um, yeah, you just need to email the RSVP. Right. And so I think you're going to find that level of that that quick turnaround. Yeah. Because I think this is where the national the national events are drawing people to the polls. I agree. And I think you're want, people are going to want to be a part of the red wave. Right. That we've been hearing so much about. That, exactly. That we're about to get into now. What, what, what seems could be a red tsunami. Let's go national here. Real Clear Politics. We've referenced this on the show. RealClearPolitics.com. RCP is where I go for my polling data because I believe they have the best polling data, the most update, the most comprehensive. Well, they, it's, a, it's a good portal because they, they look at all of them combined. 
and they kind of weight them based upon how well their numbers are. Right. We go to the House first. The House, the generic ballot has Republicans plus two and a half. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. Not in a bad way. That's just, wow. Uh, just generic. It, no name. Just RD. Right. 2.5 up are, are Republicans. That's a crazy number. Uh, they're projecting right now a anywhere from 14 to 48 seat pickup in the House, which I'm leaning more toward the 40. I'm leaning more toward 40. I have heard several several pollsters over the last over the weekend, really, because this is where we kind of nerd out in listening to several of the pollsters in their podcast over the weekend. It is there are some very clear races that yeah. that especially okay. Let's take a look at the race that's going to go on in the U.S. Senate race in um, Arizona. Yeah. So Between Blake Masters and... McMuffin? McMullen? What's his name? Uh, no, oh, the McMullen's, no. McMullen McMuffin yeah. is, in, is in Utah. Yeah, no. Oh, my goodness. I, uh, Kelly. Kelly. Mark Kelly. Oh. Blake yes. Masters and Mark Kelly in Arizona. Mark Kelly, the former astronaut married to Gabby Gifford. Gifford. Okay. So... Yeah. So... The, the thought has been Carrie Lake, as she is a force mm-hmm. to be reckoned with, For, uh, recovering journalist, said, I've kind of had it. I, I'm done with this. Uh, you listen to her testimony. It's phenomenal. I actually heard it over the weekend. Um, real lover of Jesus. That's really cool. But she's just got an ability to be able to go in and say, hey, listen, I used to be one of you guys in the media. And she basically calls them out. I think the wave that she will carry with her will really pull that race over the U.S. Senate race to help carry him across the line. I think yeah, you, you kind of hope for the same thing in Georgia as well with Brian Herschel. Kemp pulling Herschel Walker. Some people are saying it may go to the runoff in December. I think it will. Um, it's if, close. If, if it's going to be that close, then... Right now, Walker is up 0.5 in the polling data. That would tell you that it's probably going to It's with it, within the margin of error, so yeah, possibility of a runoff. So Again, look- but, but and on that front... You can't play dumb on this one. So many Republicans last time around when there was a runoff well, didn't. Well, well, we can't compare the two. This, this, this runoff they would be totally different. But they didn't show up last because time. There's, because somewhat, because Somebody there told was a, them. Because there was a president who told them not to. And I'm serious. That is the most infuriating part of 45's presidency to me. Is we, wait, Careful. Uh, Republicans lost the Senate. Yes, because of that. Because 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 they were told your vote is your vote count. doesn't even matter. Your vote doesn't even count. Your vote sent it to a runoff. Right. So of course it matters. Well, and that's the place where you've got to pay attention. And I, I teach, as some of you know, I teach a government class, and I tell my students straight up: if you don't register to vote, if you're old enough to register to vote and you don't register for vote, I, I will fail you, straight up. If you don't show up to vote. I'll fail you straight up because the reality is this is your part. This is the the democratic process Mm -hmm. at work in a republic where you have a responsibility to actually show up and, and make a statement about who you want to represent you. Again, not to beat the dead horse, but five out of six people in South Carolina didn't show up for the primaries 
back in June. It is time to make sure that you and your neighbors and your friends and the folks who sit next to you at your pew at church are heading to the polls. If you haven't gone to the polls already in early voting to show up on Tuesday, polls are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. 227 to 174 is what it's looking like in the House based on these projections. Republicans will, will wildly take the House. Here's what I love is we'll get the reaction later. People are saying that if the Republicans win the House, it's going to have be like a Nazi takeover with Kevin McCarthy. Well, it was as the black boot in the House. Here, it's here's the, most the ridiculous here's thing. the part that really frustrates me about this. That phrase comes from a South Carolinian. It was Representative James Clyburn, who is the majority whip right now. So he's the number three guy in the Democratic Party, number three guy in the House right now, who makes that comment. It is time to stop with this level of the divisiveness that's going on, because all it's doing, uh, you're demonizing every other side. Well, we're at the point now, again, where it's no longer about the MAGA Republicans or the Mega MAGA Republicans. Or the Ultra Mega MAGA Republicans. Or the Ultra Mega MAGA Super Duper Soaker Republicans, right? Like like Bounty. They have Super Duper? Sure, why not? Okay, um, big the, role. We're the quilted quicker picker-upper. Um, you, you have this divisive rhetoric that now forms everyone into one camp. I just, I don't know. I think our days of wanting a balanced electorate and political realm will are long gone in my opinion I, I don't believe i believe we're going to drift further and further apart 227 to 174 in the house based on the three senate pickups rcp is projecting that the republicans will pick up uh blake masters in arizona adam laxalt in nevada that seat really? turns red uh herschel walker they're projecting him to win in a runoff in georgia so that's three pickups they're saying Mehmet oz will hold the senate seat in Pennsylvania as well. Pennsylvania appears to be the national bellwether well, it for is, a lot of folks. It, it is the epicenter of, of American politics, or at least it was this past weekend, because you had three presidents of the United States appearing in the state of Pennsylvania. The Keystone State saw a lot of folks because not only did you have Joe Biden up there, good old Joe from Scranton, I'm going to hold my microphone. You had former President Barack Obama. Which is interesting. And I want to get, I want to get into this. Because... Well, and Donald Trump was also there, Donald too. Donald Trump was also there. Was he campaigning for Mehmet Oz? Or was he just campaigning for 24? Good question. Well, well I think we know the answer. But Obama, the point, the Obama point, made some... He's shifting his style. Remember, remember President Obama back in... Back in, uh, what was it, 08? 08. I'm not going to be the president of red states or blue states. I'm be the president of the United States. Right? He said that. Right. And he thought, mm, 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 no, don't see it. Then he ran against Romney in 2012, and that's a laugher. I mean, we had a guy running in the conservative ticket that creased his jeans. Um, yeah, so, I forgot about that. So Sorry. He, he's still uh, fully a facing joke. At, uh, I attended a little summit in Washington when I was there back in January of 2021. Was it January 2021? No, it was January 2022. Wow. Time. Uh, the passage of time. Uh, January 2022, Tim Scott held a little education summit with a yeah. few other uh, senators, and he was one of them. And oh, Romney, that's right. Romney, Romney kind of was walked one of in late. And Romney walked in very late and then left really early. And so Tim said that the Biden administration is building back broker. And Romney made the joke about how that doesn't sound like correct English. And Tim says, well, down in the South, 
That's how it makes sense to us. And everyone laughs because Tim's Tim, uh, Senator Scott. And then Romney goes, well, I guess I guess that I guess I still don't understand uh, the Southern way. And he like like totally bashed himself for how he performed no, in the South in no, 2012. No, Mitt Romney, you do not understand no, the you South. Don't. But, but we don't crease our genes. But President Obama has shifted the way he's speaking. I'm going to play you two clips. Okay. The first one is in Wisconsin. Okay. The second one was in Pennsylvania this past weekend. But listen to the to the rhetoric. Are you rhetoric. playing these cold for me? Today? Yes. Okay. This is the play it cold segment. Listen to the rhetoric. Listen to the tone and the tenor. Okay. And compare that to the President Obama, you remember wearing the tan suit inside the White House, okay? Okay. Just remember that as we as we play these two clips. Some of your parents are on Social Security. Some of your grandparents are on Social Security. You know why they have Social Security? Because they worked for it. They worked hard jobs for it. They have chapped hands for it. They had long hours and sore backs and bad knees to get that Social Security. And if Ron Johnson does not understand that, if he understands giving tax breaks for private planes more than he understands making sure that seniors who've worked all their lives are able to retire with dignity and respect, he's not the person who's thinking about you and knows you and sees you, and he should not be your senator from Wisconsin. The kind of slash and burn politics that we're seeing right now, that doesn't have to be who we are. We can be better. And, and, and it has nothing to do, by the way, with political correctness or being too woke. It's about fundamental values that my grandparents from Kansas taught me. Values I grew up with, values you grew up with, values we try to teach our kids. Values we learn in churches and mosques and synagogues and temples. Honesty, fairness, opportunity, hard work. Values that Josh Shapiro and John Spetterman stand for. Values that Joe Biden stands for. Values that were enshrined in our founding documents a few miles from here. A clarion call for freedom and equality that Philly's own Liberty Bell represents, that's what America stands for. That's who we are. So if you... I remember when, politician, when a politician would yell as president and people got mad at him. President, former President Obama his time in the sun is set in being president, but he's certainly the, the orchestrator of the Democratic Party as it stands right now. It's very interesting when you look at the age of Barack Obama. Barack Obama will be having an impact on national politics well beyond his years in the White House. Yeah. When Ronald Reagan left, he was nearly 80. When George H.W. Bush left, he was in his 70s. Donald Trump's in his mid-70s 70s. now. President Biden will be 172. <coughs> I hope not. He's 165 now. Oh, that's true. Okay. I forgot that part. Thank you he for was, reminding me. He was me. there when Ben Franklin discovered electricity. Really? It is. He is it's from the, the key. key. Yeah. The only other person who has will have been alive after his presidency, probably as long or maybe longer than Barack Obama, will be Jimmy Carter. Who? And that's because Jimmy... 
Yeah. Because, but Jimmy Carter has said, you know what? I did that time. I'm going to do other things now. But his voice into, into the national political scene was going to be nowhere near that, the impact of what you saw with Barack Obama, who honestly looked really angry, especially in Wisconsin. And how many blue, how many blue button downs does he have? These are on two separate dates. How many blue button downs does he, he have? Loves the rolled, blue, he loves the blue button down. He does. But he still is able to hold a crowd in the palm of his hand. He, he, he is, is such a, a good orator. He is a phenomenal orator. I mean, it, it's kind of like I grew up in the days of Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan could drop a joke. Ronald Reagan could be so self-effacing. He had an ability. He was, we used to call him, you know, the great communicator. I think that is Barack Obama for the Democrats and the progressives. And so you hear this and you're talking about, I got into some social media discussions on the whole social security issue. But the point with President Obama here is it's he's trying to drag here's the thing. He's not the president. Right. Joe Biden is president. Yes, he is. Joe Biden's polling below 40. Joe Biden today new poll numbers from Trafalgar this morning had Biden at 39%. So he's polling under 40. His vice president's polling even lower, I would imagine, because the voters who they poll here are not yellow school buses. So that's how that works. Right. Um, They're bringing out President Obama to try to drag this president across the finish line in these midterms. I think what we see after this midterm, which will be Republicans will pick up a majority in the House. They will pick up a majority of governor seats. And then they will be right on the doorstep of picking up the Senate if they don't completely. So Republicans in the governorships right now have 28. After the election, it could be anywhere between 31 and 33 yeah, it'll, yeah. Of, the, of the 50. When you take a look at the major flips that are going to happen in the House, the major flip that could happen. And here's the thing. One vote lead in the majority in the Senate changes Everything. The Senate, the Senate's seniority and rankings matter. And when you keep in mind, we're in a 50-50 split right now. You have 50 Republicans, 48 Democrats, and and two Democrats who caucus with the uh, two independents who caucus with the Democrats. That makes them evenly split now. The only reason it sways to the Democrats is because Kamala Kamala, whatever her name is is vice president so she can cast the swing vote. But again, even with that, they can't get anything done because they can't break the filibuster. Right. So even right now with the 50-50 split, you're seeing a little bit of gridlock in the Senate. And, and so the way the numbers work themselves out, the the you vote for a third of the U.S. Senate every two years. So they're in six-year cycles, but they don't we don't elect all of them at one time. This is the it's larger class. This is the 34. Other, years, other two cycles are 33 people. But this is the one that the Democrats have the greater majority ability to keep power. Yes, but they and won't. they're losing because the economy's in shambles. Right, we're spending more money than's ever been known to God or man. The Afghanistan withdrawal did happen. We're seeing billions of dollars sent to Ukraine, and we're not really sure what's going on there. Right, we can't fit. We can't. We can't figure that out. What's happening there? And again. Thoughts and prayers out of the Ukrainian people still dealing with the war. Um, there's just a lot mixed into this that's more than just 
majority of citizens are dissatisfied with the country as it stands right now. I mean, there are a lot of layers to this there are. over the course of time, and we've been seeing that since the Democrats took control of the Senate in 2020. It's only well, been two years. It's only been two years. NBC did its most control. recent poll. Um, the direction of the country, right direction versus wrong direction. Right direction, 21% of people in an NBC News NBC News poll had 21% of people supporting. News. Um, it's really hard for a guy who used to, never mind. Uh, wrong track, 72%. 72% of those polled said we are going on the wrong That's track. That's a bipartisan poll. That is a bipartisan poll. It is a 51-point spread. So when you take that, we're going in the wrong direction. You've got a president who's at 39%. You've got an overall opinion of a just straight-up congressional flat vote, and they're ahead by what? Two, you said two, two and, and a half? half? 2.5. When you look at races and candidates that are coming out and really countering, pushing back against this rhetoric. If Republicans don't... I'm going to ask you the question. Okay. <laughs> Another cold question. All, of this, all yes. of this points to an absolute political bloodbath. Because it's election be head. Right. Right. Okay. Like that's just the yes. way it looks. If that doesn't happen. Okay. If that doesn't happen, what do we take from that? Was the polling that bad? I'm not trying to put it, you in election. No, denial, it, it really that is a it's hard to imagine it not going it not making this way because at least the House. At least the House. The Senate Statewide Senate races, they're kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, you you have so many things that happen in local politics. Mm -hmm. The things that are happening inside Pennsylvania are very different than the things that are happening here in South Carolina sure. that are different than across the Savannah River over in Georgia. Right. Th those impacts are definite. They're definitive. They are, and, and so... If if we if it fails to have a red wave, so to speak, I think it is because people were not awake to the issues. So we've seen a we've seen a conservative push in in Great Britain. We've seen a right. conservative push in Italy. We've seen a conservative push in Israel. Benjamin Netanyahu is going to be prime minister in Israel again. Again, right? BB Netanyahu will be in charge when I head to Israel in February, and I'm excited. <laughs> um, maybe I'm just kidding. I uh, won't get a chance to meet it. But the point is, we're seeing this across multiple countries across the world. Right. The United States can't be the outlier here. No, I don't think... I would have to... I, would, I, I think... I think we go so far in the red wave here. I'm calling it. Calling my shot. Okay. Like Babe Ruth. I'm calling it. Yes. Lee Zeldin wins the governor race in New York. Mm. Kathy Hochul right now is polling yeah, where is at... The, where is the New York number? Kathy Hochul's plus 6.2 right now. Shocker. Calling it. Lee Zeldin you really wins think, New York. You think Zeldin's going to be able to pull it out in the I last think Lee, day? I think Lee Zeldin gets 35 to 40% of the vote inside New York City. People are scared to walk down the street. And Kathy Hochul says, I don't know why you're spending so much time on crime. People, people need to feel safe. And I think it's a long shot, but, but I think he wins the governor's race So the race bigger there. question then is, Justin, do Democrats, are Democrats deaf to people and their true concerns? Let's yes. Go, let's, let's, rewind, let's rewind to what we talked about in South Carolina. 
Joe Cunningham wants to talk about um, age limits for politicians, legalizing, legalizing pot, pot um, legalizing sports betting, and making us an abortion vacation destination state. I, tone deaf. I mean, absolutely tone deaf. When you talk about what you hear from from people on the left talking about the issues that are out there, about yeah. are we in a are we dealing with inflation? Is there a recession going they don't on? Have, they don't have, but here, here's, and we talked about this before. They are deaf to that. They only hear what they want to hear, and that's the hearing of their own power. They're running on a litany of issues. If you run across the board, if you look at all Democrats, they're running on different points. Some are running on crime or lack thereof. Some are running on abortion. Some They're running as fast from the economy as they possibly can. But all of them have a singular voice on one issue, that if you don't vote for us, you don't believe in democracy. Right. Which is interesting because I voted to vote you out. Right. Um, so that's that's that. I think this uh, this midterm is going to be fascinating in what it means not only for this election, but does that continue into twenty four? Because if the if the Republicans win the House and the Senate, immediately you're going to see inquiries begin in the House. They're going to set up committees. I, they're going to be in the inquiries because that, because that's the rhetoric of the politics now. But I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to borrow a term from volleyball here. Okay, I think the Democrats in Washington know they're going to lose this. They know they're going to lose the House. They Chuck know Schumer's they're going to lose the Senate. They know that they're going to lose governors' office, governors' seats. This, I think this is a volley that they're then going to turn around and they're going to spike it and blame the Republicans on a failed economy because we are already ramping into the down the downturn right now. We're already feeling that right now. You feel it when you go to the grocery store. But all, but all, I know I know that's the strategy. But ultimately, that's going to rest with the president when it comes to a presidential election. It, it does, and I think that he will try, just like we've been hearing Democrats do in this entire cycle. They're going to try to turn around and say they're, they're going to they're going to play the the uh, projection game, which is we're going to blame you for all the things that we're doing. And we're going to make it look like you're doing it, even though we're doing it. And I'm going to well, throw that on you and and hope that it sticks so that people don't actually see what's really going on. Well, there's also, and I, I wanted to get some, to some more clips, but I feel like this discussion has been really good. So we yeah. won't get to those today. Uh, we'll play the reactions for you uh, later on in the week. This this discussion is interesting because what, what I feel happens if, if it, it comes down to this view of America, where are you viewing the country. Do you have a more optimistic view? Do you have a more pessimistic view? And again, if Republicans were to win the House and the Senate, which it appears they will, as we shift to 2024, here's what you're going to see. You're already seeing it. Democrats are sprinting away from the president. They really are. You have columnists saying President Biden shouldn't run again, and neither should Kamala, for that matter. It's. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. It, and, and former President Trump will be announcing next week that he's running. Senator Tom Cotton has already been telling his closest uh, associates he's not running for president. What you're going to see is the beginning of the setup for 2024 because with the incumbent, with the <laughs> right. incumbent not running, because Joe Biden will not run. You already put that. You're ready when to put the incumbent the... doesn't run for re-election, which baffles the mind because I'm trying to think of the last time that happened. When he does, not that he loses, that he doesn't even run for re-election. You're going to see 
Democrats coalesce not behind two, not behind three, one. One. And he's the governor of California. They're going to full go behind Gavin Newsom and they're for 2024. And you think they're going to throw their entire ante yes. into a, a governor and a state and Gavin, and a go- yes. with Gavin Newsom. They want California to be the country. Yes. Where, where they're running on abortion mm-hmm. as a key issue, mm-hmm. not the economy. Mm-hmm. All of the issues that they want to do. The, how many? There are states in America whose whose environmental regulations are tied to California. Mm-hmm. Why in the world would you give up state sovereignty like that? Is beyond me. But I think you're right. I mean, if Joe Biden, your bet is going to be that Joe Biden does not run in twenty four. Be pointless to run. So then you have a Colorado Gavin Newsom. Run. You have a Gavin Newsom again. I think I think a couple people primary Trump. Him. No, DeSantis. Yeah. DeSanctimonious. He did call him DeSanctimonious. It is time. Okay, it's time to stop that level of rhetoric. Trump, uh, it, it, run DeSanctimonious. President Trump got a pushback from a lot of conservatives over the weekend when he, yes, he started the name calling because it's not about. And I'm I'm just going to be frank with you. I wasn't around here. We didn't have this show. It's not about you. It's about the cause. Right. It's about putting conservative values back and getting a more optimistic view of the country. I think when you look at that, when you look at the way the progressives are viewing how they want to teach the next generation about their thoughts of America, it bothered me when I saw that over the weekend, uh, a post that somebody reposted of Lisa Ellis, who is a superintendent of education candidate here in South Carolina, talking about how much she loved Ibrahim X. Kendi's book on critical race theory. Oh, did you hear also at a campaign stop, someone asked her, what would what what does she fear most if her opponent wins? And she, basically she said, if my opponent wins, it will be the end of public education in South Carolina. Maybe it's time for us to reform some things in public education so it can Ooh, actually be better. That sounds, that sounds January 60, Dave. Sounds January 60. You it, want to change things, Dave. It, it is. Can't change it's November, things, sir. Election day is November 8th is coming up, which means that we're going to have a lot that we're going to be covering. <laughs> oh, also, the, yes. Senate, the Senate returns on Wednesday. <laughs> as if it's not enough that we have an election. But I'll give you a quick plug as we wrap things up. This was a longer discussion, but I hope you enjoyed it. I hope yeah. you gather some information on this, and it encourages you and informs you ahead of your vote, whether you're listening on Monday the 7th or Tuesday the 8th or beyond that, we hope that this some way enlightens you. And, and, and again, through a biblical worldview is what we try to establish here. So let me just really quickly, if you're a Christian and you're sitting at home or you're folding the laundry or you're on a walk like I'll be later, you, as you're listening to this and you think, why should I worry about investing my time in the temporal, I should be focused on the eternal. I understand where you're going with that. But righteousness exalts a nation. It's a proverb. King Solomon, pretty smart. Yeah. Righteousness, righteousness exalts a nation. It's important for you to stand for biblical values. It is time, as someone we know very well says, maybe it's time for you to defend God. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, it's time for you to stand up against the push that we have seen that continues. Right. I think, and, and the assault on the family, if you will, it, it has been long, hard, and strong. And I think the other thing that you have to think about too is this: 
God created the establishment of society in the Bible. He created the family. He created the church. And in Exodus 18, uh, he created the structure of government mm -hmm. before, in Exodus 20, he gave the law in his, in his own handwriting. The stone tablets upon which the law was written, Moses then took down and gave to the people. But that was done after the establishment of government, dividing people into groups of thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens, like a federal, state, county, and local government. Crazy how that works. Amazing. So when we think about that, it is established by God to not only maintain and create order, but so that the laws themselves could be executed at the place of the, where they're best, at that local level. So your involvement in politics is your involvement in a government structure which was ordained by God. So you may be one of these people who's like, well, or you may have family. If you're listening, you're probably involved in politics. But you may have family members that say, well, I don't need to be getting involved in politics. Politics is just the interfacing of people with their government. Exactly. It's and your this constitutional is, right. It's your constitutional <laughs> right. But I also, I will go so far to say it is your biblical responsibility because if it has been created by God and it has been done so that it can be the execution of the law in a way that can, can bring the most honor to him. And human flourishing. Yep. It's time to get involved. Last thing here. On Tuesday night, the Earth, Sun, and Moon will align to create a blood moon eclipse. It'll wait, be the last wait, wait, lunar wait. eclipse till 2025. It'll be a blood moon. It will be red. red. It, will, wait, it will begin well, well, at 410 Eastern Time and will end at approximately 749 Eastern Time when the moon once again emerges. Blood moon, folks. Blood moon. Wait, will the AP call that one too? I'm pretty sure they will. Get get Meg Kennard on the phone because they're gonna need to they're gonna need to call that. Enjoy your election day. Enjoy your festivities. Quick plug: if you want to uh, watch some election day coverage here in South Carolina with Dave and our buddy uh, Jr. over at WLTX yep. and uh, I'll be Jim on with Felder. Jim, Jim Felder. So we will be having it, uh, for those of you who live in the Midlands on Channel 19. Uh, we will be having election night coverage at WLTX. But you can watch it everywhere. You can watch it everywhere on the WLTX app. We, we may even provide a link for you. WLTX.com. There you go. Or you could, we may provide a link on the app for Look us. That. If you want to keep up on the other things that are going on here at Palmetto Family, please, by all means, download the app, sign up for our email newsletter at palmettofamily.org. Do what you can to not only get yourself connected into what we're doing, but invite a couple of friends along too. If you're listening to this podcast, I can guarantee you this. You are one of those people who has gotten an email or a text or a phone call from somebody who says, hey, listen, who do I vote for? Who do I vote for? <laughs> that makes you what we call a grass tops. One last item for, for today. There are two ballot initiatives, two constitutional amendments on the South Carolina ballot this year. We did promise you that we would talk about those. These are basically, how do we turn up and, and, and expand our rainy day fund slash savings accounts for the state government. It is a wise use of our resources to make sure that we have stored away resources for the rainy day when it comes. It is not a anything more than, it does, it's not a growth in government. It is basically to turn around and say, when, when we find economic downturns coming, we wanna make sure that we've got enough in the storehouse to be able to sustain ourselves and not have to go and slash the services that our state provides. 
That is an important thing that needs to be done. So constitutional questions one and two both deal with that aspect. So if you've got friends who have questions on that, that's where that stands. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, whether listening audio or watching on Facebook, YouTube, the app. We appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy Election Day? Question mark? And we will see you <laughs> later this week, and we'll talk to you later this week. For Kevin Cayello, Mitch Prosser, Dave Wilson, I'm Justin Hall. Thanks so much for watching and listening to the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the always intellectual and patriotic Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Have a great day.